Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Hey! Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show The voice of the marijuana nation Hey, this is great, man Now, here's your host Radical Russ Belleville Good day, tokers and tokettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Wednesday, September 7th, 2016 and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world Welcome to the show Kind of a weird situation for me here. I'm uh, coming to you live from beautiful legal potland, Oregon, in a condo on the 26th floor of the 30-floor Ardea Tower on the south waterfront. Uh, Been here for a few weeks now, and so you're probably used to me uh, streaming and and podcasting from here. But today, uh, they've got the window washers going. You know, the big skyscraper window washers, and uh, they haven't yet made it up to my level, but their ropes are hanging down right through the windows there, <laughs> right? <laughs> They're going to be up here any minute, so it's going to be really weird. If, 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 if it seems like I'm a little weird today, it's because I've got window washers watching me, and it's, <laughs> it's kind of freaking me out, man. Uh, on today's show, we've got some fantastic data to get to in our drug war data mining uh, segment. Uh, some new polls are out, especially in California. You've probably already heard the good news about that one. Also, a new poll in Arizona that's better than some of the old other ones. And we've got uh, polling on medical marijuana in Florida to bring you. So we'll talk about that in the drug war data mining segment. Uh, also on the show today, uh, in Behind the Headlines, a terrible story that I just picked up off of Huffington Post about a man. Um, well, the long story short of it is that he died in jail and had to do with him smoking marijuana in his own home. So uh, we'll get into that story that's coming to us out of Virginia. Also coming up on the show today, as the uh, NFL is about to uh, kick off, I'm bringing back an interview from this spring where I spoke to Marvin Washington, the former uh NFL player at the Southwest Cannabis Conference and Expo, and we spoke a little bit about the uh, use of medical cannabis for players in the NFL and that controversy uh, the league still uh, bans it as a substance. So that's coming up in our newly crowned segment, High on Sports. So that's, uh, that's coming up at half past. And then at the end of our first hour today, I'm going to go off on a radical rant uh, because, you know, as marijuana becomes more legal, uh, it's, it's, it's beginning to feel like we've won this battle in some places, you know, we're getting, like I said, these California poll numbers that we're seeing, but that doesn't mean that we can abandon everyone else, uh, who is a drug consumer. And I want to address, uh, the cannabis con- community and our, our attitude toward users of other drugs. We'll cover that in the radical rant, but everything starts of course, with the cannabis radio news in the headlines today, we will bring you some news from Colorado where they've set another nationwide first. We've got news from Alaska on the development of their retail program. Delaware's medical marijuana is not going so well. We've got Ohio medical marijuana uh, starting tomorrow. The law kicks in tomorrow. And uh, speaking of the NFL, we've got a player with the Buffalo bills who's appealing his drug test suspension. That's all. Coming up in hour one, and then stay tuned for hour two, Toker Talk Radio. We've got some more marijuana stories to bring you. Actually, just drug war stories. Uh, 
an example of some of the worst headline writing when it comes to reporting on marijuana science. Typical uh, example from the mainstream media. We'll bring that up in hour two. Also, story out of Utah where the Drug Enforcement Administration, they don't need no stinking warrants. They want to snoop around in Utah's prescription drug monitoring database without a warrant, and uh, we'll tell you the details about that. We'll close things up in hour two with a segment, uh, an update, international update on the Philippines drug war where that uh, President Duterte uh, is going off again. Uh, It's just a massacre out there in the Philippines. We'll bring that all to you in the next two hours here on the Russ Belleville Show, live from beautiful, legal Potland, Oregon. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. Tennessee's Congressman Steve Cohen. Well, you know, marijuana is a gateway drug, then kissing is a fake gateway activity to sexual addiction. U.S. Representative Jared Polis. Yes, we really have a growing group of, uh, of representatives that um, support decriminalization. It's the Russ Belville Show, the NPR of POT, weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. Warning. Hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. Or at least they pay me to say that. A public service message from CannabisRadio.com and the Russ Belville Show. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Wednesday, September 7th, 2016. Denver, Colorado. 
Colorado notched another nationwide first Wednesday involving cannabis when state agriculture officials showed off the first certified domestic hemp seeds. The Colorado Department of Agriculture has been working for years to produce hemp seeds that consistently produce plants low enough in the chemical THC to qualify as hemp and not its intoxicating cousin, marijuana. The seed certification, quote, is vital to the long-term growth of the industry, end quote, said Dwayne Sinning of the department that oversees the state's 400 or so hemp growers. Hemp production was authorized by Congress in 2014, but farmers who want to grow it must have state certification to raise the crop. The industry estimates that fewer than 7,000 acres of hemp are being grown nationwide this year. Seed scarcity is cited as a major roadblock to the use of hemp becoming more widespread. Seed prices can start at $25 a pound and go up to more than a dollar for an individual seed. Juneau, Alaska. The board regulating Alaska's fledgling legal marijuana industry started a two-day meeting Wednesday, during which it was expected to approve licenses for the state's first retail marijuana outlets. But Alaska's Marijuana Control Board delayed for at least another month action on a proposal that would give certain retail stores permission to have areas where customers could light up, a key issue because tourists and others would otherwise be prohibited from doing so in public. Heading into Wednesday's meeting, the Marijuana Control Board had approved about 50 licenses for marijuana business operators, with an emphasis first on growers and labs that will test the marijuana. Starting Wednesday, the board planned to consider dozens more license applications, including requests from people who want to open stores to sell marijuana and those who want to manufacture marijuana products. Wilmington, Delaware. Patients who use Delaware medical marijuana say they still struggle to gain access to the drug legally and pay exorbitant prices when they do. The Wilmington News Journal reported Sunday that many people must drive hours to buy the drug from a legal dispensary. Some people purchase marijuana from drug dealers in an effort to quickly treat their pain and other debilitating conditions listed under the state's medical marijuana program. Medical marijuana cardholder Todd Boone says he has to drive 190 miles round trip to the state's only dispensary in Wilmington. Sometimes the store runs out of the strain that best treats pain from a 2008 motorcycle crash. He's now suing the state to open more dispensaries. Columbus, Ohio. The head of Ohio State's medical board says he won't participate in establishing rules for certifying doctors under Ohio's new medical marijuana law after taking on lobbying clients associated with the budding industry. Records reviewed by the Associated Press show that Mike Gonadakis recently acquired two out-of-state marijuana-related clients, Denver-based Marijuana Policy Group and Scottsdale, Arizona-based Farm LLC, a medical marijuana grower. Gonadakis, who is also serving as the president of the anti-abortion group Ohio Right to Life, confirmed his recusal in an interview with the AP. He said neither client has business before the medical board, but he wants to avoid even the appearance of a conflict. Ohio's medical marijuana law takes effect on Thursday. Orchard Park, New York. Buffalo Bills offensive tackle Chantrell Henderson is appealing the NFL's four-game suspension for testing positive for marijuana, according to a person with direct knowledge of the situation. The person spoke to the Associated Press on the condition of anonymity Wednesday because the suspension is being appealed and the NFL has not announced its ruling. The person said Henderson's appeal is based on him using marijuana for medicinal purposes to relieve the effects of Crohn's disease. Henderson was diagnosed with the inflammatory bowel disease last 
year and has since had two operations on his intestines. The first occurred in January when doctors removed a section of diseased tissue. In April, he had surgery to have his intestine reattached. ESPN.com first reported Henderson was facing a suspension. Coach Rex Ryan would only refer to it as a league disciplinary issue in saying he couldn't comment further and directed questions to the NFL. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Wednesday, September 7th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry, one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. (sighs) Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. Get the latest updates on The Russ Belleville Show by following Radical Russ on Twitter and liking The Russ Belleville Show on Facebook. Don't want to spend money on a night out, but don't know what to do other than watching TV or playing video games? Consider playing guitar, bass, banjo, or mandolin. The instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension, downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, we tell you the sad story of a man named Mark Goodrum, who died at the Hampton Roads Regional Jail in Virginia. And uh, he died because he uh, was busted for smoking pot in his own home. Uh, He lived in an apartment uh, complex, apartment building, big tower of some sort. Some of the other residents complained that they had smelled uh, the smell of marijuana. The police showed up, and when they showed up, they uh, uh, they could smell the marijuana. And the records show he was cited for misdemeanor possession, and the marijuana was seized from the home. Uh, shortly thereafter, the man, uh, Goodrum, who's, who's 60 years old, uh, was evicted from his apartment. And then he missed his court date for the the marijuana charge. Uh, After missing the court date, he then suffered a stroke, Uh, lost all the movement on his right side, and then he was an amputee, so he only had one leg, and that was on his left side, and his right leg didn't work no more. He was pretty much bedridden. That's a quote from a friend, uh, interestingly named Elvis Blunt is his name. But as he continued dealing with all the medical issues, uh, Goodrum missed another court date, 
So he's got two additional charges for failure to appear. And of course, the police put a warrant out for his arrest. And once he was arrested, uh, he, had, he had fallen behind on his rent. Uh, he, the default judgment was entered against him. Police showed up. They got the warrants. Uh, when he was evicted, the police showed up. They find the they, he's, they got warrants on him, and so they take him to jail. They lock him up. And according to his friend, Goodrum was all right until he got locked up. But when he got locked up, he died. He went to the Hampton Roads Regional Jail on October fourteenth, twenty fifteen, and was held on two bonds for a thousand bucks, one secured bond, one unsecured bond, and if you know how. Bondsmen work. Usually you can pay 10% and they'll cover your bail and you can get out of jail. So Goodrum just needed a hundred bucks and he could have paid the bail bondsman and been released. But Goodrum is a poor man, obviously a very disabled man and had some mental problems as well. This guy didn't have a hundred bucks to his name. So he sat there in the jail sat there in the jail, got represented by a a public defender, and um, he died of kidney disease while he was was there in in the jail cell. Had a history of all sorts of uh, conditions. Now, normally, if you heard about this very sick man going to jail and dying there, you could account for the fact that, well, he was in some pretty poor health. But this jail has come under quite a bit of scrutiny. It's recently been named the deadliest jail in Virginia by the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Inmates there died nine times more often than at any other local or regional jail in Virginia over the past three years. Nine times as likely to die at this jail. In fact, this uh, jail was the place where uh, Jamichael Mitchell, uh, the story of Jamichael Mitchell happened. He was a a mentally ill 24-year-old. He was arrested for a $5 theft, a a petty theft. And he ended up dying in the jail. They're uh, investigating, and there might be a, a federal civil rights investigation on the conditions of this jail to try to understand why are nine times as many people dying in one Virginia jail than any other jail in Virginia. Now, the uh, allegations here in a federal civil rights lawsuit filed by Jamichael Mitchell's family says that the jail and the uh, company that at the time was providing uh, medical care The lawsuit alleges that the employees, quote, failed, among other things, to carry out basic procedures and provide proper care, end quote, at the Hampton Roads Regional Jail. The the daughter of Goodrum wrote in an online tribute, quote, I am beside myself with regret that he was alone in his final hours and had been in jail last month on some ridiculous weed charge. He deserved better. And this also, I hope, brings to light for people out there listening the problem that we've got with our bail system in this country. There's numerous studies that show that these, the bail system that we've got is dysfunctional. It doesn't serve its purpose. It really doesn't lead to any greater rate of people showing up for their court appearances. What it really amounts to is 
jail time for people who are already poor, and then they lose their jobs and their apartments, and now they've got a criminal record. When someone like me who can come up with 100 bucks, I could have bailed out that weekend and then gotten to work the next Monday. We need to investigate this more strongly and end this crazy cash bail system. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. All right, it's 420 in the Mountain Time Zone, so happy 420 to the Navajo Nation. That's right, the Navajo Nation in Arizona doesn't go along with Arizona in not recognizing daylight savings time, so they are in the Mountain Time Zone, while Arizona, for now, is in the Pacific Time Zone until the Sunday before the election, and then they're back to Mountain. Has that confused you? Smoke some pot, it'll make sense. Next to THC and CBD, you can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Mentions the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on CannabisRadio.com. And don't try to debate me on something. Motherfucker, I can't do many things well. But words are my shit. The Stoner Jesus Show. Live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net. Peace, bitches. You're listening to Radical Russ on the Russ Belleville Show. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your business boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your business needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence, truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data Mining. Today in the Drug War Data Mines, we've got three new state polls to look at for Marijuana Election Night 2016, and we'll lead with the most exciting one. New poll coming out of California on Prop 64, the uh, Adult Use of Marijuana Act. This is from the California Counts Survey, uh, conducted by Southern California Public Radio. Uh, KPBS in San Diego and KPCC in Los Angeles. 
and Capital Public Radio in Sacramento and KQED in San Francisco. And they conducted this survey in partnership with Cal Speaks at Sacramento State. So uh, the question here, this is direct from the poll, is Proposition 64 proposes a law that would legalize marijuana and hemp in California law and enact certain sales and cultivation taxes. If the election were being held today, would you vote yes to legalize marijuana or no to make no changes to the existing laws on marijuana? Do you lean more towards voting yes to legalizing marijuana or no to make no changes to existing laws on marijuana? And the number of Californians in this survey, the rate of Californians in this survey who would vote for legalizing marijuana under Prop 64 turned out to be 71%. Yes, 71% of Californians surveyed will support Prop 64. Now, this could have all sorts of impacts in this 2016 election because our opponents have started to raise some money, you know, the the Project Sams and so forth, and if they see that California is hopeless... They just may redirect some of that money to the other markets like Arizona, Nevada, and so forth. That's great news. And and the other thing I want to pull out of the data on this that is pretty remarkable is that when you go past the top line and you start getting to the breakdowns, all the demographics, there is not a single demographic in California that is against legalizing marijuana. Democrats, 80%. Independents, 72 Republicans, 53. 53% of California Republicans for legalization. Whites, 62. Black, 68. Latino, 81. Other, 76. Less than 30K, 75. 30 to 50K, 70. No matter what you made, it was about 70%. Education. People with less education actually supported it more. 74%, high school or less. Age groups, of course, 84% of the people aged 18 to 25, but even at age 65 plus, 50% said yes, compared to 45 who say no. There is not a single demographic in California in this latest poll that is opposed to the legalization of marijuana with Prop 64. Now, we also have a poll coming out of Florida uh, to tell you about. For this poll, it's public policy polling. It was released Wednesday, today. And it says 70% of likely Florida voters will support Amendment 2, the medical marijuana amendment in Florida. Uh, Back in March, it was at 65%. So the support has gone up. Now, uh, it only got 58% last election and needs 60% to pass. So getting this poll, giving us 70% is very uh, strong news indeed for the possibility of passing medical marijuana in Florida this time. Uh, 81% of Democrats support it, 70% of independents, and even 55% of Republicans supporting medical marijuana in the state of Florida. And finally, we've got uh, a poll coming to us out of Arizona. And in this Arizona poll, let me see if I who's uh, behind the poll. Uh, Arizona Republic Morrison Cronkite News Poll finds that 50% of registered voters favor legalization, 40% oppose, and 10% undecided. Margin of error of 3.4%. 
that's pretty close, uh, 50-40, and you figure some of those undecideds. When someone's undecided on a ballot measure, the easiest choice is no. The easiest choice is let's not change anything. But if even some of those come across, we are going to get a win at greater than 50%. But also understand that we haven't seen the serious uh, ad buys yet, the serious spending going on to try to influence this election. So we are... That's a good news poll coming out of Arizona, though, because previous polls uh, had shown it uh, at, at a disadvantage, a plurality disadvantages, like a 49, 43 against, for example. So we may be giving, getting more support. Again, uh, partisan leanings, 64% of Democrats, 53% of independents, but Republicans, 56% are, are opposed, and Arizona can be a fairly Republican state. Uh, as they... Talk to the uh, campaign to regulate marijuana like alcohol. Uh, J.P. Holyoke, the chairman of uh, the campaign there in Arizona, Prop 205, says he plans to center the message on the benefits of taxing and regulating marijuana, saying, quote, we didn't think we would ever be able to just run away with it. We knew that we were ahead and we knew that if the vote were to be held tomorrow, we would win. We're two months away from Election Day and there's a lot that could happen between now and then. End quote. The campaign manager for the anti-legalization group there in Arizona, the real ones, not the stoners against legalization, uh, says the they will be campaigning on how the measure is misleading, uh, and they will they are pretty confident that as more info comes out, the voters will turn against it. We shall see. But folks, the polls I've seen so far, California looks like we're going to win. Maine looks like we're going to win. Arizona's close, Nevada's close, and Massachusetts may need some help. We're headed out to Massachusetts for the Boston Freedom Rally coming up in a couple of weekends. I'll tell you what I can find about the uh, campaigns out there when I get back. All right, stay tuned. We've got some NFL for you as the league kicks off its season. We spoke with Marvin Washington last spring in Fort Worth, Texas. We'll replay that interview for you coming up next. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. The cannabis industry is growing. Business is booming. And as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. Normal stands for responsible adult cannabis use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. 
Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Adrian, I, I ain't finished it. Adrian. Okay, maybe you're high, too. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. Marijuana has long been defined as a banned substance for athletes in almost every field of competition. But as emerging research continues to show the health benefits of cannabis over traditional sports medicine, more athletes are calling for cannabis tolerance in this edition of High on Sports. We now replay for you an interview with Marvin Washington from the Southwest Cannabis Conference and Expo earlier this year in Fort Worth, Texas. Welcome back, everybody. Radical Russ here at day two of the Southwest Cannabis Conference and Expo, and I'm sitting in the media room with former NFL player Marvin Washington. Hi, Marvin. Hi. Tell folks uh, a little bit about your background, where you went to college, some of the teams you played for. Uh, well, I went to college in the great North, Northwest. I went to the University of Idaho, uh, and then I was lucky enough to get drafted. I played 11 years in the NFL. I played eight with the uh, New York Jets. Two with San Francisco 49er picked up a Super Bowl championship with the Denver Broncos in 1998. When were you uh, attending University of Idaho? Uh, late 80s. Late 80s. Head so coach, coach so uh, you are part of the reason my beloved Boise State Broncos got whooped 13 years in a row. <laughs> you were part of that, huh? You guys played us back. It sure did. Yeah, I was I, I was the uh, Buster Bronco mascot my freshman year, and I remember. Yeah, I remember being being down there on the field. Just I I think that first year was like a sixty something to thirteen blowout at Bronco Stadium. It was crazy. You know, I'm really happy for for Idaho football and state of Idaho. Yeah, and uh, I think Boise State is doing a wonderful job, and there's even talk of them joining the uh, Big Twelve as, as they expand this summer. That's, that's huge. That really needs to happen for sure. Let's talk a little bit about why you're here because I understand you've got a lot of big news with respect to athletes and medical cannabis and what you're working on. Tell our listeners about it. Of course. We're going to be the, the first company that comes out with a product that uh, qualifies under anti-doping policies of uh, the World Anti-Doping Association. That's a cannabis product. Uh, it, has no CB, it has no THC in it. And there are 207 banned substances on, on the wild list. We don't have any of those substances. So we can market this to all four major leagues. We can market it to uh, major league uh, soccer, college players, high school players, uh, of all sports. And so this is, this is big, and, and uh, we're going to have this in the major leagues next year. That's excellent. The uh, World Anti-Doping Authority, of course, covers uh, the Olympic sports, the uh, amateur athletics and such, and they recently raised their metabolite threshold from 15 nanograms to 150. And part of why they said that is we don't want to be catching guys that may have smoked a joint weeks ago. We're really concerned about in competition. Uh, How is that argument 
playing with the NFL and some the NCAA and some of these leagues have a little harsher stance on this? Well, I think they've, uh, you know, you see some of the uh, major colleges and, and, and conferences that have or more of, of treatment instead of suspension, and that's going to happen. And the NFL went from 15 nanograms to 35 nanograms, and, you know, they have a test once a year. And so it's not a drug test. To me, it's an intelligence test. You know, it's coming. Uh, also, uh, the, the thing about the, the, the NFL, they know you're dealing with 20-year-olds yeah. coming out of college. So they know what percentage of the, the guys are smoking. But they're aware of medical marijuana ink. They're aware of the, the, the subsidiary companies that are in there, and they're aware of the work that we're doing. Uh, I got involved because it deals specifically with CTE. Uh, and we have the patent that, that and, and the gov- that we got from the NIH that, that CBD has has, has neuroprotectant uh, acts as a neuroprotectant antioxidant for the brain in relationship to the NFL's industrial disease, which is CTE. Yeah, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. This uh, disease you can't even tell someone's got it until after they've died. They have to do an autopsy. Exactly. And so I, we don't want to see any more players, you know, abusing their wives. We don't want to see any in the pharmaceuticals, and we don't want to see any other players out the day kill themselves. This, of course, got a lot of uh, play, a lot of attention due to uh, Jovan Belcher, the suicide in, in Kansas City, uh, Junior Seau, uh, many players who have dealt... Yeah, yeah, that have dealt with these issues, and it's becoming more and more uh, on the league's radar. Uh, Will Smith was just in a movie, Concussion, that talked about the doctor who discovered CTE. But yet Roger Goodell and the NFL commissioner uh, continues to say, well, our people say and our people still need research. And if the research points us that way, what's it going to take to push them over the edge on this? That They're finally going to recognize the research that you and I and a lot of people at this conference are aware of. Well, I think this is a movement. And as it goes along with states, you know, more states legalize it or for, for, for medical use and recreation. I think as the country moves, the NFL is going to move. The biggest thing that I'm hoping for is it gets reclassified or decriminalized, and the NFL will have to deal with it. But for Roger Goodell to say we're following the science, they need to leave the science, you know, because if an entity like the NFL that's the biggest sports league in the world uh, gets behind this, then, you know, they'll take a lot of other, other – they'll take college with them, they'll take high school with them, and they'll take the other sports leagues with them. They need to research this. They want to deny, and I understand that, or mitigate uh, – uh, CTE, but they need to get behind this. They had a wonderful opportunity to do it independently with, and, and fund the NIH, but they had veto power, so they, they didn't do it with Dr. Bob Starr because he was a, a critic and, and he's one of the objective to the uh, concussion lawsuit. Tell you about the concussion lawsuit that, that all players should be pissed off. How do you have a concussion lawsuit and you leave out CTE? Yeah. You, you write it totally out, and that's why the lawsuit came about. So the NFL, if they want to get serious about it, show us the money. Yeah, no doubt about that. Now, the NFL and other sports leagues currently are testing and banning cannabis as a controlled substance, as an illegal drug, as something morally you shouldn't do or something that might be dangerous to you. As the... As the world changes and people recognize this for its medical value, do you wonder – well, let's just look at it this way. The past three Super Bowls, the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks have been in two of them each and won one of them each, and those are the two places where it's legal. Do you think they might start trying to say cannabis is a performance-enhancing drug? No, they can't, do, they, they can't do that. And one of the things that I want people to do is you know, get rid of ideology, get 
rid of the moral basis and whatever and just follow the science. If you follow the science, you're going to come to a logical conclusion. But because it, it is there. Uh, it's helping kids that have these epileptic strokes and seizures, helping kids with autism. It's helping soldiers that's coming back with these with PTSD and uh, these traumatic brain injuries. So let's study this deal. Let's reclassify, reschedule it. Because there has been, the NIH has sent out over $500 million out of this country to other countries for them to study the science of marijuana from Spain to Israel to all over. Let's keep that money here. Yeah. Let's make America great again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Trump was in this building just a couple days ago, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We're speaking with Marvin Washington. And uh, do you have – you gave me a card, but I put it in my pocket here. What is the company you're working with? Uh, HipMed Sports. It's a subsidiary of medical marijuana. You know, you can see all the companies that are underneath that umbrella. We're going to build a website for for athletes for all ages. And – the thing is, is that I know about CBD, but I know the benefits of THC, too. Let me say that. Yeah. And if there's ever a league that needs to uh, uh, experiment or let their players use uh, the cannabis plant for pain relief, it's the NFL. Yeah. I, I The first step in the concussion protocol should be taking the guy back to the locker room for a volcano vaporizer bag full of cannabinoids. Uh, 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 but not only that, you know, the biggest issue with the NFL is, like, I've seen guys leave the NFL addicted to pain pills. Mm. And I've never seen them addicted to leave the game addicted to marijuana. That was a big issue with uh, Brett Favre back in the day when exactly. he had his pain exactly. pill addiction. And there's, there's, there's a bunch of He's not the only one. And, you know, I was telling my sister on the way over here, it's like, you know, the most dangerous thing about marijuana is being caught with it. That's it, especially in, in states like Texas. That's yeah. the most dangerous thing that is being caught with it. But they let their kids go out there with, with their de- undeveloped brain, put on the helmet, run into each other, take these hits, 600 hits. Average high school players take 620 hits a season at the impact of 30, 35 miles an hour. Okay. And you're letting them do this. But you don't want to fund or research the cannabis plant. So yeah. uh, this country and the NFL – has come a long way, you know, because who would have thought this five years ago? Right. <laughs> but it, 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 it has a long way to go. Well, it, it, and even just five years ago, the only story you'd hear about this was Ricky Williams' story and him talking about his sabbatical and so forth. Well, you know, Ricky Williams, let history be the judge of that. And I believe in 10, 15 years, he's going to be looked at as a pioneer and a trendsetter. Yeah. You know, everybody thinks, you know, he gave up his career for marijuana or whatever. No, he was trying to help, his, help himself, heal his body because – he was taking hits, and that was one of the things that helped his body besides, you know, the Anderson, the Naperson, the Oxycontin, the Percocets. Mm. He did something that's natural, has no negative side effects, didn't, no addiction, uh, uh, addiction, uh, addiction problems with it or what have you. He did it. I think he's going to be one of the leading. Uh, when you look back on it, you know, if there's ever a Mount Rushmore of cannabis and, and sports, he's going to be on there. Yeah, and – how much convincing is this going to take for other players? Are the players behind this, they get it, or are there some that still hold on to reefer madness? <laughs> there, there are some. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, I know how the NFL is, but it, 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 is it a microcosm of society? So you do have your evangelicals, conservatives in there. But then what about the rest of the players? You know, I know how much players smoke, but right now players are educated. So there are a lot of guys that are smoking for medicinal purposes, instead of being on that pharmaceutical regi- regimen that you start in freaking July and you end in December. Mm. 
supposedly you're in the decision. Unless you make it in the playoffs, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That'd be tougher for you, but. Yeah, but you would see if you can fill the team that's Yeah, yeah. I often make the joke that uh, the NBA doesn't uh, drug test its athletes in the offseason because they still want to field five guys for a team. <laughs> you know? Exactly. You know, NFL, uh, NHL, even Major League Baseball, you know, they, it's not that really a, a, a big deal with them. The biggest thing should be. Uh, HGH and the performing enhancing drugs, not this benign plant to me. You know, this is something that is coming. Uh, and so these guys can take our product instead of taking something that's pharmaceutical based. Yeah. Well said. Marvin Washington, thanks for sitting down with us. And give folks some uh, contact information for the company and more information that they might need if they want to learn more about this. Uh, just go to HipMed Sports and Medical Marijuana Inc. And you can look on the website. Uh, we also have a, a, a website called treatcte.org that uh, is dealing with chronic traumatic encephalopathy. And then just holler at me on Twitter, mwash52. Right on. I'll follow you right after the right after the interview. Thanks so much. Right, and uh, and uh, go big blue. Go black. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my favorite interviews of all time. NFL star and uh, college football rival Marvin Washington. His University of Idaho Vandals are now in the Sun Belt Conference because you know it's so sunny in Moscow, Idaho. <laughs> Uh, they're 1-0, but uh, they are facing this uh, weekend the 1-0 and number 8 ranked Washington Huskies, which are coached by my former Boise State coach, Coach Pete. So uh, there you go. There you have it. When we come back, we'll have time for a radical rant. Uh, marijuana is safer than alcohol. That doesn't mean it's better than. We're going to talk about drug prejudice when we come back. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. From dabs to chivas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone 
of Tilk Radio. Obama, for instance, no matter what he said, there's a whole bunch of people that are going to be against him for saying whatever it is. Santa Claus is a nice guy. Someone says, no, Santa Claus must be a thief if Obama likes him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a racist attitude. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Each year on my birthday, every American gets a cupcake. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The Law Office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make them. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it. and didn't inhale. And one major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant. Today I want to talk about drug prejudice. You know, it's this, uh, this thing that I've experienced sometimes when I'm among people in the cannabis community where they will, uh, you know, hold cannabis up as being this great, beneficial plant and healing herb and all that and, and, and no disagreement right totally agree but uh in doing so kind of look down on other drugs and other drug users uh it'll take the form sometimes of uh we should legalize marijuana and then the cops can pay attention to real drugs you know, the hard drugs go after those meth people right and it, it becomes this uh problem for me because I know a lot of people and they don't just smoke marijuana. I know a lot of people that enjoy, say, for example, uh, magic mushrooms. And within the cannabis community, that it's, it's interesting to me how there is all this, this kind of a hierarchy, too. Like, if you are somebody who likes to do mushrooms or acid, uh, then it, that's not as big a deal if, say, you were someone who said uh, you like to do cocaine. And that, th then there'd be this negative moral kind of feeling about it. And this is, this is something that interests me because as we continue on and marijuana becomes more and more accepted, cannabis becomes legalized, the prohibition begins to end across the nation, I have to naturally think, well, what is the arc of my career? What am I going to be talking about? Once we all agree that marijuana should be legal, and it is, what does Radical Ra Russ rant about? Well, I like to think about what uh, my friend Keith Strop has said uh, from Normal. And he, he talked about how marijuana is just the, the messenger here. It's, it's really about freedom that we're talking about. 
and it just comes down to the it just so happens that it's the act of putting a joint to my lips and inhaling the smoke that the government wants to stop me from doing but it's not the joint that's the problem it's the stopping me from doing that's the problem so we, as we move forward marijuana becomes more legalized but then what happens to the rest of the people, people that are using hallucinogens, people that are using uh, club drugs, MDMA, uh, a whole bunch of alphabet soup stuff that I don't know anything about. And, and indeed, even the drugs that can cause devastation, heroin, methamphetamine, cocaine, alcohol, even among the drugs that can cause this terrible devastation, it's important that we remember that that's not the majority of cases. We're often fond of uh, pointing out that National Institute of Drug Abuse uh, stat, that, that, that chart you'll often see in a Facebook meme about uh, uh, the, the likelihood of dependence. And it's, you know, it's all kind of some questionable, you know, what does that really mean in the first place? But in that chart, we always point out that marijuana has the lowest rate. It's at 9%. One out of 11 people that try marijuana ends up with a quote-unquote dependence, which in a lot of cases, I believe, is just someone who likes to smoke pot every day. I smoke pot every day. Am I marijuana dependent? Maybe. If I didn't have some, maybe uh, there'd be a problem. But I live in Oregon, and I have some. It's like someone who's coffee dependent, right? Someone who's caffeine dependent. And by the way, that NIDA chart also says 9% for caffeine dependence, right? You know the people that, oh, I can't get my day started without my first cup of coffee. You know, that guy at the office or whatever. Well, that's caffeine dependence. You're a caffeine dependent. Is, but, but is there a moral judgment to be ascribed to that? No, it just, you have, in, you have welcomed caffeine into your life <laughs> and is now a part of you. But is that evil? Is it bad? Is it wrong? I don't think so. So that's the interesting thing to me is the, the, that, that NIDA chart that puts the, the cannabis and the caffeine at 9% also lists the other drugs. And so it'll have alcohol, 15%, cocaine, 23%, uh, heroin, whatever it was at, it's close to 30 and so forth. As you look at those numbers, keep in mind, that means the, uh, the other group doesn't have a problem. Even if we're talking about, you know, there's a, I, I forget the exact number on the chart. Let's say it's 23%. There's a 23% chance you'll become dependent on cocaine. So that means more than three out of four people who try it don't become dependent. And what I worry about sometimes is we've with marijuana is safer. We've kind of framed ourselves into this idea. In, in in a sense, we've we've kind of tacitly uh, accepted the prohibitionist viewpoint that drugs can be good or bad. Right, we've kind of put ourselves, we painted ourselves in that corner by saying, "Wow, marijuana is safer than alcohol. Alcohol is accepted. Marijuana is safer, so it should be accepted." All right, so then you've established that there's this imaginary number line of safety upon which, at one point, we must lock people up for using that drug, and I, I, I just don't accept that. Now, someone's, uh, you know, tweaking out on meth and and ripping up copper. <laughs> to feed their habit, arrest them for that, get them some treatment, whatever. But remember, those are the minority of the users. 
in, in the case of any drug. So let's not get ourselves painted into that corner and let's have some compassion and, and, and understanding that, number one, drugs are neither good nor bad. It's your relationship with them that can be good or bad. But there is no bad drug. Number two, that the people that are using different drugs deserve our respect and understanding. And that we should never be, you know, using law enforcement to try to deal with any sort of health problem. That, and, and, of course, that's what some sort of serious drug addiction is, is a health problem. So I, I, I just counsel the cannabis community to keep that in mind and, and to avoid this drug prejudice that reinforces some of the, the, the prohibitionist talking points. And it's going to be a, a, way, a ways off because you look at all the polls and they'll show you that, you know, now the, since 2014, it's like the last 10 straight national polls have shown greater than 50% support for marijuana legalization. But similar polls, you ask them about other drugs, the best comes out at close to 10%, 9 or 10% little support, say, legalizing mushrooms, for example. Heroin and meth get 3 or 4%, right? So how long will this drug prohibition continue, and, and, and how much worse does it get for the users of those drugs as the drug war begins ratcheting down on the cannabis side where most of the action is those those uh those DEA cops those uh agents those attorneys those prosecutors they'll still be there they'll still have jobs to do they just now won't get the luxury of getting overtime and you know going out for plants and stuff and now they'll be focusing it on what the people with heroin problems or meth or coke drug courts i imagine right we'll put them through drug courts of course, they fail those drug courts. Then we put them in private prisons and we make a profit off of them. So we've, uh, we've got to make sure that we tra- make this transition, I guess is what I'm coming across to. And again, this is maybe more directed at the West Coast <laughs> and maybe the Northeast. <coughs> Obviously, prohibition still reigns supreme in the Midwest and South. But we've got to avoid getting in the the situation where we're talking about nobody deserves jail for a plant and then be seen as supporting SWAT raids on people over coca and opium plants or the products thereof, right? Let's just make sure that we are more cognizant of how we're coming off on this debate. And sometimes, you know, when you're in a debate situation, it can be, you can feel like a trap, right? Because it'll be like, uh, oh, so you support legalizing marijuana? So what's next? Legal cocaine? Legal meth? Legal heroin? Right? That slippery slope argument. I've always found it easiest to say, yes. Just what they do not expect, right? And you say, yes. All drugs should be legal. But legal is a spectrum that runs from chocolate to morphine. Cannabis should be closer to the chocolate side. Maybe some of those other drugs should be closer to the morphine side. But none of them should be on the side that puts people in jail for using them.
Well, that's all the time we got in hour one, but stay tuned. Hour two is next on this hump day. We're going to talk about <laughs> bad journalism on marijuana science. We've got the DEA wanting to snoop in prescription drug records and more on the Philippines' terrible drug war president. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Joker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Or you can tow. I am here. Or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Poplin, Oregon, at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the enema man and Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? Don't tease me. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of ganja graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, everybody. Hour two, Toker Talk Radio. The clouds have parted. We've got some, a little bit of blue sky here in Potland. If you're listening to the last segment, uh, did you hear it? Right toward the ends of the rant there. Window washer. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's weird. <laughs> when, you're, when you're up on the 26th floor, to see someone outside your window is just, it's weird. And it'll it'll throw the I I challenge Rush Limbaugh to make it through a segment <laughs> with a window washer out on the skyscraper. At least it's not like the children's hospitals where like they dress as Spider Man. That would have been pretty cool. I'd I'd have been for that. Welcome back, everybody. It's uh, time for Toker Talk Radio. A little bit of politics here. Uh, nothing real deep. But uh, presidential candidate Hillary Clinton uh, has been attacked recently by her opponents, uh, some on the right, who are trying to question her health. She's too sick. She's ill. Oh, my God. She's, she needs help up the stairs. Come on. She's like a 69-year-old lady. Come on, right? 
so anyway, there was a, a big problem where she had this coughing fit, apparently, uh, yesterday or a day before. And that, you know, fanned the flames of, oh, my God, conspiracy. Uh, she's right. So she went on this radio show. It's called The Breakfast Club. It's in uh, New York. And uh, she got she had a little, you know, cough again. And she made the coolest reference uh, to marijuana. I mean, strangely hip for uh, for Hillary Clinton. Listen to this. That we have to address. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Okay. Allergy season. That's it. That's a cute. You right? How do you guys do it? Any mouth mouth? <laughs> you all need you, all right? <laughs> Did you just add a kiss? You, you call from like you got some medicinal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's always the threat. So she just goes on to Sexism. you know talking about more stuff there, but uh, yeah. So you're coughing like you need got some medicinal. And she says, yeah, I need some. Now, I don't know. Was this a case of Hillary Clinton being hip? Because that's a, some medicinal. That's a hip reference, right? And uh, did she get what he was saying <laughs> is what I'm saying? Uh, or did she think like he was saying you need some medicine or, 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 or you're, this, is, this case is medicinal or whatever? I don't know. But I, I thought that was uh, – is <laughs> strangely hip from Hillary Clinton. Uh, and, and so far, I haven't seen any uh, uh, clarification or response. You know, the, the media is reporting it as a joke, uh, which good for her. She was able to, to make a joke. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the Hillary Clinton needs some medicinal. Let's get it to her, fellas. Let's <laughs> we can we'll let's get it all packaged up. We got plenty of great medicinal marijuana right here in Oregon. Uh, fly on over, Hill. Fly on over. We got you. We got you the hookup. We got something for that cough. We'll take care of that. Oh my goodness! All right, coming up on uh, the show here in hour two, we got a story coming up right after the break on bad marijuana data journalism. Uh, Doctor Mitch and I talk about this a lot, where a study will come out and somebody will try to write the clickbait headline, the sensationalist headline that doesn't really sum up or even come close to what the study was saying yeah we got one of those coming up and then uh, after our safety briefing we're gonna go to utah we're gonna go to utah and uh, the aclu there is trying to block the dea from warrantless access to the state's prescription drug database we'll tell you why that's important (laughs) and uh, then in the uh, final segment we'll talk about the terrible drug war president there in the philippines president duterte called Obama a son of a whore. We'll tell you all about that and more and what his latest plan is in Hour 2, Toker Talk Radio. Stay tuned. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Legal to listen to all over the world. We're just not sure about France. Cannabisradio.com. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke? 
not vapor. Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. The Tommy Chong Show on Cannabis Radio. You got me running. You got me hiding. Run, hide, and hide, run, any way you won't let it roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me doing what you want me, baby. Girl, what you want me to do? Shut up and do a podcast as I want you to do. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. You can find Radical Russ online everywhere. Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, SoundCloud, Snapchat, LinkedIn, and Boise State University's 2400 baud modem bulletin board system from 1985. Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a Resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has National Resophonic and other resonators, square necks, and round necks. Stop by the fingerboard extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. Nine after the hour, and we got some bad science reporting to talk about. This is uh, the study that we told you about was it yesterday, the day before, where they... Uh, a lot of media reported as, you know, smoking pot makes you lazy. We proved it. We proved it because if we uh, if we found these people that were high and fewer of them wanted to do this thing, and therefore that proves that uh, pot smoking uh, makes you lazy, right? So we covered this a day or two ago. But this latest one, <laughs> this latest reporting on it takes the cake. It just wiped out the other three examples that I used the other day. It's from the uh, website Inc. I-N-C dot com. And the uh, headline is enough, right? Right off the headline. Bad news. Science says smoking pot will make you poor. <laughs> Smoke, science says smoking pot will make you poor. Now, at first, when I first saw that, I thought, are, are they talking about those studies where they they look at they compare pot smokers to non-pot smokers and they find oh surprise the non-pot smokers have higher average levels of income well yeah surprise the pot smokers are denied entrance into some of the better paying jobs thanks to drug testing no it wasn't that this was about the study this was about the the motivation study the subhead after bad news science says smoking pot will make you poor is 
There's now proof that smoking marijuana can have a negative influence on your short-term levels of motivation. Proof! It's proof! Absolute proof! This study shows us that there's proof that you have a negative influence on your short-term levels of motivation. All right, so we get into the story. And it's about the University College of London study. And it was published in Psychopharmacology. And it's the one that said, if you... uh, Rolling one spliff uh, is enough to make people less willing to work for money while high. Now, first of all, if we're talking spliff spliff and they say tobacco and marijuana, then we've got tobacco confounding all this. But never mind. We'll forget that segment. This says that people are less willing to work for money while high. And so here's how they describe. Here's how they described the study and how it went down. For the research, which ultimately comprised two separate studies, 57 total participants were involved. In the first, 17 adults who reported occasional cannabis use inhaled cannabis vapor through a balloon. At a later date, the same group inhaled cannabis placebo vapor. Right after, they were asked to complete real-life tasks for which they would be given money if completed. Even though 50% of participants chose to complete the task when sober, only 42% chose to do so when intoxicated. All right. So here's the, this is one of those things where, yeah, what you wrote there was accurate, but it didn't really, it's trying to portray this as something more than it was. First of all, the real life tasks, right? Well, real life in this sense means that it happened in the reality we inhabit in this plane on the universe, But like real life, as in this is something, a task you would be given to do in a real job. Hell no. The task was to take your non-dominant pinky finger, like in my case, my left pinky finger. And for 67 cents is actually like 50 pence in British uh, money, right? Uh, I'm doing the conversion for you for 67 cents. I can press the space bar with my non-dominant pinky finger. 21 times in seven seconds and I'll get 67 cents. But I also have the choice of using my non-dominant pinky finger to press the space bar a hundred times in 21 seconds to get $2 and 68 cents. That's our real life task. Now, if that's the task you're giving me and I just gotten high my first thought is what the what for for 60 for 2 bucks for two and a half bucks you want me to tap 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 with my with what <laughs> No man I'll do it a few times and you know just chill But if that's supposed to mean that in the real world at the job or at school you're going to be a lazy bastard I don't think it transfers <laughs> I just really don't think it transfers so that's the one part. Now, now remember how we got into this. Remember that we got into this because science says smoking pot will make you poor. There's now proof, proof that smoking marijuana can have a negative influence on your short-term levels of motivation, right? Okay. So now we're halfway into this story and we get to the second part of the study. Cause remember 57 people were studied. He's only mentioned the first 17. Okay. So here's the, here's the next paragraph. In another part of the research study, it was also proposed that long-term cannabis users do not necessarily experience dampened motivation levels 
when not under the influence, despite popular belief that marijuana use results in lingering motivation problems. During the second study, 20 people who claimed to be addicted to marijuana were asked to perform the same motivation testing task as those in the first study. Results showed that the reportedly cannabis-dependent volunteers were equally as motivated as the control group, that is, there was no lingering negative effect on motivation. Okay, so the, uh, the long-term chronic daily cannabis consumers would do the stupid space bar thing at the same rates as sober people as long as both groups were sober. That's what we've discovered, right? Okay. So that's proof, right? We've got proof now. Proof that long-term daily cannabis consumption does not lead to motivational problems because if we've got proof from this study, remember proof that the short term, that when you're high, you're going to be poor (laughs) somehow, right? We've got that proof. So therefore, this study also gives us the proof that us long-term cannabis consumers, as long as we're not high, don't have motivation problems, right? Oh, no. No, silly, silly listener. The uh, concluding paragraph. Although a longitudinal study is still required to confirm the hypothesis, the data the study has brought to light challenges the reigning opinions most people currently have on marijuana use. Oh, okay. Opening up this whole thing, man, we got proof. We got hard, rock-solid scientific evidence that smoking pot will make you poor. You know what's going to make you poor? Sitting around using your pinky finger to tap a, on, a, on a space bar to make 68 cents. <laughs> that's, that's what's going to make you poor. That's <laughs> just a ridiculous. So congratulations to Inc. Inc.com. For their story, bad news, science says smoking pot will make you poor. No, I'll tell you what makes you poor. Having drug tests, drug tests that cost you uh, a scholarship or your financial aid so you can't go to college and get a degree and a mountain of debt and uh, get a job with better income and more security. It's those drug tests that you have to take that mean you don't get the job or you don't bother to apply for the job because there is that drug test because you're not going to be forced to choose between say your sanity, your health care, or even just your uh, entertainment and having to work for the man. Those are the kind of things that make you poor getting busted for weed. Boy, that can make you poor. They can take your stuff when you get busted for weed. They don't even have to prove you had weed. It can be conspiracy stuff. They don't even have to land any criminal charges in a lot of states. Most of the states, they can just make it civil asset forfeiture if you've got enough weed. If you've got some weed and some money on you, traveling across the country, car without a state plates, especially if that state's got legal weed, oh, yeah. I'll take your car, take your money. Happens all the time. That can make you poor. And then, of course, you get those charges. You get busted. You get put in jail. you got to pay bail. Now, this has happened to me. I got busted in Snowville, Utah. Got taken to the Box Elder County Jail and was told my bail was $1,667 because I had uh, uh, residue in a, in, a, in a pipe or something. I don't know. Yeah, 1600 Now, of course, you know, oh, well, bail bondsman, right? 166 bucks. 
you get out, right? Well, it doesn't quite work that way when you're from out of state, right? Because they figure, man, once you're out of that state, you ain't coming back. Not a very good investment. So no, you have to, uh, in that situation, I was uh, forced to come up with $1,667 to get my ass out of the county jail in Utah. Now, if it weren't for the fact that I have very generous supporters and friends, I'd have been stuck in that jail. I can't come up with 1600 bucks at once like that all of a sudden in an emergency. Do you know what I do for a living? (laughs) I'm a a writer. I'm an activist, man. I'm shoestring budget every day, every year. So yeah, if it weren't for, you know, twists of fate and some privilege and some luck that I've got, I could have been in jail for a long time, lost a job, lost an apartment, lost it all, and then try to rebuild it all with a criminal record. That's what makes you poor. That's how pot makes you poor. The prohibition of it. You're a loony. (laughs) Well, there is that. Happy 420 to our friends in Ojai, California. I always think of Ojai. When I hear the word Ojai, I think of the bionic woman, Lindsay Wagoner. If you can uh, figure out that connection... That you're as old and nerdy as I am. We got a safety briefing. We'll be right back. Being green is good. Growing green is good. Making green is great. Cannabisradio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Hey, this is Willie Nelson for Norman. And I smoke pot and I like it a lot. I learned a long time ago that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol. There's nothing wrong with the responsible use of marijuana by adults. It's time we stopped arresting and started respecting those who smoke marijuana responsibly. To learn what you can do to help, contact Normal at NORML.org or call toll-free 888-67-NORMAL. The Russ Belleville Show, providing dictionaries to drug czars since 2009. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome.
Remember, friends, there's more to life than marijuana. I just can't remember what it is. Why'd I come in here? You're tuned into the Rush Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, welcome back, everybody. And sorry for the skippy sounds and the stuttering. I'm telling you, I, I, I need some infrastructure. Got to get me a couple more laptop computers. What I really need is a, a home <laughs> where I can set up a permanent desktop instead of having to work off a laptop the whole time. It's I, I'm just pushing it to its limits, man. Appreciate your patience. Appreciate you sticking with me. Sure was fun this uh, last weekend with the uh, college football season kicking off. My Boise State Broncos went down and played the Ragin' Cajuns of University of Louisiana Lafayette of the Sunbelt Conference. Came away with a clear victory. But the, uh, the other games, man, we had seven teams in the top 25 that lost their openers. Uh, and Houston, oh my God. So, so, you know, there's the whole group of five. There's the power five. There's the playoffs. And... For any chance for Boise State to make the playoffs, they have to finish undefeated. And they have to be like the most kick-ass undefeated team of these group of five. (laughs) Not with Houston this year. Jeez. (laughs) They're already ranked number six in the nation, man. So uh, does not look like there is a road to the national championship for Boise State this year if Houston continues to do so well. Uh, University of Washington. Coach Pete, former Boise State coach up there, they're doing great, 1-0, ranked number eight in the nation. So that's quite interesting. Two or three weeks from now, I get to uh, go down to Corvallis, Oregon, where uh, Boise State will be playing Oregon State, playing the Beavers. Beavers. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun. I only mention this because because I have something else in my life other than marijuana. <laughs> Sometimes I, I feel like I should let you know that, yes, indeed, there, I do think of other things in the world other than marijuana, and uh, football is one of them. So there we go. And, of course, the pro football is uh, going to get kicked off here pretty soon, too. be following my Green Bay Packers, so that'll be a lot of fun. Our, uh, one of our offensive linemen just uh, got traded to the Bears, though. Oh, I hate that. I hate that when former Packers go to the Bears or the Vikings. Uh. All right, let's get back into the marijuana talk uh, for a second here. Although this really isn't a marijuana subject. Uh, and you'll find from time to time I'm going to go into just more drug-oriented subjects or drug war-oriented subjects. This comes out of the Deseret News in Utah. Uh, Lindsay Whitehurst, uh, Associated Press. The DEA wants to block ACLU from prescription drug database suit. The Drug Enforcement Administration wants to block the American Civil Liberties Union of Utah from stepping into a court case over whether investigators can do warrantless searches of a database of all prescription drug records in the state. More than 40 states keep similar databases, but Utah recently passed a law requiring investigators to get a warrant before they search it. (gasps) What? A warrant? DEA lawyers argue they're exempt from that law because they're a federal agency. Fuck you, Utah. <laughs> you, you ain't going to tell us what to do. Uh, <laughs> but state officials contend they have to follow it like other investigators. Right. State laws cover state investigators. Exactly how that works. 
The ACLU wants to jump into the suit in support of the state. They say allowing agents to access the information without a warrant amounts to an unreasonable search of people's digital medicine cabinets, a violation of the Fourth Amendment. That seems pretty clear to me, right? First of all, what these prescription drug monitoring databases are all about in the first place is part of the drug war. It's part of the enforcement of controlled substances. It's to try to prevent pain docs, dock-in-the-box types, script mills that are just handing out Oxycontin like candy and other painkillers. It's also meant to try to you know, uh, keep track of whether someone's doctor shopping, right? They're just going from doctor to doctor, getting more and more and more prescriptions, right? So it's all part of the Controlled Substances Act. It's all how we handle these Schedule Two and Schedule Three drugs. Not every state has this database, this type of database, but most of them do. And Utah here is one of the states now that finally has said, no, you can't just go snooping around. You can't just have a bulk data gather from the DEA gathering like, all right, we want to see the records of everybody taking drugs in Utah. Even Prescribed drugs we're talking about, though. Oxycontin, Schedule 2s and Schedule 3s, Vicodin, stuff like that. Prescribed drugs. But we want to have that whole list. Now, the DEA says that the ACLU has no business in the suit because the DEA agents are only asking to use the database for a specific investigation that doesn't involve them, specifically whether a medical provider has been prescribing drugs to people who may be members of a criminal organization with ties overseas. Yeah, have we heard this excuse before? Didn't we get this in the, oh, no, no, the metadata and the, and the phones? Remember when Snowden came out with all that, you know? Oh, all that bulk phone collection? No, it's just if you're talking to terrorists over in Syria or something. And we found out that was bullshit, right? They were getting bulk records on everybody for anything. So yeah, no, no, no. We're just, we're only going after people that are uh, supplying uh, oxy to uh, uh, criminal organizations with ties overseas. Right. Bullshit. Um, The authorities argue the databases are an important tool for combating prescription drug fraud by tracing doctors, handing out too many prescriptions or people going to multiple doctors for drugs, the the doctor shopping phenomenon. Police use of the Utah database has plunged since the law was passed because officers say it takes too long to go through the process of getting a warrant. Dog on it. Stupid Fourth Amendment makes everything so hard. Gotta have to, like, do paperwork. (coughs) Get approval from neutral third-party judges. Stupid Constitution. So... The ACLU argues the police use of the database brings up serious issues and its voice should be heard in the lawsuit. Now, what are these serious issues, right? Well, there's a lot of privacy issues, of course, involved in your use, your prescription drugs. The gay rights group Equality Utah says warrantless database searches can violate the privacy of transgender people who are using hormone replacement therapy drugs. Uh, I could, someone, let's say, is using uh, uh, AIDS uh, antiretrovirals or whatever the hell that's that's called, AIDS drugs, right? Maybe that's not something, you know, that guy wants the whole world to know that he's HIV positive or something like that. There can be many things. This Just peeking around, like they say, it's, it's a digital medicine cabinet we're talking about, this, this tracking. 
And there's every time we have a situation like this where the DEA just wants to get into our records, it's, it's happened in the medical marijuana states, happened here in Oregon, where we have patient registries. And so they've got some sort of marijuana case they're working on. And that, well, we want to we want to subpoena all your state medical marijuana records to see who's growing and where they are and who they are and who they're growing for. And like that's you don't get that data. That's state of Oregon data. It's not federal data. It's not collected by the federal government. You have no reason to get it from us. And as far as I can recall, I believe all of those types of suits have been shut down when they've been tried. Could be wrong. There may maybe some have succeeded, but not that not that I can recall. For me, this uh, prescription drug monitoring database too is is a function is a result, I should say, of part of our drug war policy. There's a there's a problem with under treatment of pain for many people because these doctors get accused of being these, you know, Dr. Feelgoods instead of, you know, recognizing that, hey, maybe some of these people, some of these doctors are actually working with people that have the, you know, 10 on a scale of 10 pain that requires some serious opioids. But people are turning to this and we we have these opioid epidemics, these painkiller epidemics. And I really believe that a large degree of it is because we don't have the access to more natural solutions. We've already seen in the places where we have more medical access to cannabis or legalization of cannabis that we see a decrease in opiate overdose rates. We see decreases in male suicides. We see decreases in the amount of painkillers and other prescription drugs, but uh, painkillers by far, that are dispensed or prescribed by doctors, dispensed by pharmacists. And that's just the, that's just the cannabis. We, we told the story yesterday of the DEA making an emergency Schedule One designation for Kratom, which I don't know much about, but this, it's, it's a the herb off a, or it's a tree out, out in the Southeast Asia, Thailand, Malaysia, that kind of Papua New Guinea and stuff. But it's a, supposedly an opiate-like effect, a painkiller, an analgesic type of an effect, and can be used, as I was reading, I, again, I don't know much about this drug, but can be used in opiate replacement, people trying to get off of opiates. Well, we better ban it. <laughs> we better ban it, right? Because it's not been tested by the FDA and been proven to be safe. All things must be banned until they're proven to be safe. Well, except alcohol. It's kind of grandfathered in. <laughs> But really, if we could get, I, I really think it's the, the prohibition of not just cannabis, but, but other drugs makes things worse in the legal drug world as well. It, it makes it so we have more diversion of Oxycontin and Vicodins and things like that. I think it was Jerry Garcia who once said something to the effect of, you know, if we were a Uh, a rational society, we would be coming up with better, safer drugs. We wouldn't be trying to deny people this want, this innate human drive to alter our consciousness, to seek relief from pain. 
we wouldn't we wouldn't try to stifle that extinguish that we would use our chemical tools we would use our our laws we would use our public policy to ensure that the people who are looking for drugs knew what drug to take and how much to take of it and what the effects were expected and what the safety guidelines are oh you're looking to have a spiritual uh, hallucinogenic journey well could i recommend some uh, mdma or could i recommend some lsd 25 now you'll want to take this little square and you know if we, if we were a rational society <laughs> maybe that's the way the world would be but we make this moral judgment our society has had this moral judgment and it's so funny to me because we make the moral judgment based on changing our consciousness, but only if it's not uh, uh, beneficial to the uh, production, productive machine, right? We're not so, we don't have a problem with the caffeine, <laughs> makes people work more. Don't have a problem with the nicotine, that keeps them up and working. Go ahead with those, those are cool. That's great. Go on with that. The stimulants, Adderall, you know, Ritalin for the kids and stuff. Let's go ahead with those. Those are great. Oh, the, the mood stabilizers, so you can accept the dreariness of your cubicle life. The Xanaxes and, and Prozacs and all. Yeah, we can. Those are fine. But no, not the ones that make you have a freaky weekend. Not the ones that make you want to hug people. Not the ones that make you see spiritual visions and connect with the innate oneness of the universe and all star stuff. No, no, no. Those are bad for the bottom line. People don't like their cubicle jobs after they've been tripping. Or maybe they do. I don't know. We'll be right back. Stick around. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. The political climate is at a fever pitch, and the fight for the social fabric of America is set for battle this November. Tuesday, November 8th, the cannabis liberation movement takes a huge step forward, and Cannabis Radio is here to chronicle this legendary moment. CannabisRadio.com and the Cannabis Radio News Team will feature wall-to-wall live coverage of all the coast-to-coast voting of state amendments, ballots, propositions, and initiatives that will further progress the cannabis crusade. Join us November 8th for Vote 2016, the path to cannabis freedom, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com where we don't change our mind on decriminalization during an election year. 
The Russ Belville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel One on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. Warning, hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. <laughs> or at least they pay me to say that. This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Aha! Now I know what's going on here. I've had this website open for this story on the Philippine president, right? It's one of them stupid... It's International Business Times. You get these websites now where, like, the first thing in the website is a video window. And then as you scroll down, that video window kind of pops over into the corner and just still hangs out there and plays, right? Okay, so it's I got two of those open. Two of those open. And they're one of these auto-refresh pages as well. So that's why we've been having all that static. These damn things have been auto-refreshing and playing in the background. So... Lesson learned. Anyway, uh, the story I wanted to talk about was the president of the Philippines, Rodrigo Duterte. And if you haven't been following this story, oh, my God. Okay, so this guy campaigns on a platform of being tough on crime. And I mean tough on crime. Specifically, he wants to kill drug traffickers or drug users. He just wants to kill druggies. I'm not being hyperbolic. This is seriously was saying we are going to kill the drug dealers. And it's it's happening. There's over 2400 deaths now in the Philippines. And this is not just the cops. The the, the cops are executing these people, right? And the uh uh vigilante gangs they're just finding bodies in the streets with uh, signs next to them, little cardboard written signs. You know, good riddance drug dealer, of course, in Spanish, but good riddance drug dealer. And, and people aren't getting busted. This isn't being investigated. It's being allowed to continue. I mean, this guy promised to fill the Manila Bay with the bodies, so many, the bodies of so many criminals that the fish would grow fat. So this guy is something else, right? He's he's literally hardcore anti-drug guy. So this, of course, is starting to get a little more recognition internationally. And the uh, uh, Obama administration, of course, is not happy about the idea of these you know Philippine drug war executions going on. Well, there was they were supposed to meet. They were supposed to have a meeting. And it got canceled because Duterte, the president, uh, called Obama a son of a whore. And it was basically the, the, the I don't remember the exact uh, quote, of course, but it was to the effect of the United States is not going to tell us what we can do in our drug war if we want to kill everybody that's a drug dealer or a drug user. You stupid son of a whore. Basic gist, right? <laughs> Obama, 
but uh, uh, reacted totally cool. Well, he's a he's a colorful fella. <laughs> he's prone to saying colorful things. Yeah, son of a whore. That's pretty colorful. Um, well, so Obama canceled the meeting. This uh, meeting he was supposed to have with him. So uh, what happened afterwards, though, is this: uh, they finally brought it back around, uh, and they did end up meeting. The New York Times was reporting that uh, Obama and Duterte met today just two days after he called him a son of a whore. And it was at the gathering of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. But it wasn't much of anything. It was just, you know, hey, what's up? <laughs> right? There was no talk. There was, they weren't sitting. They were set, sat far apart from each other. I mean, it was. But yeah, they actually did see each other <laughs> in person. Duterte now is saying uh, he regrets his comments. Surprise. But uh, he still uh, is pushing back against the United States, interfering in what he thinks is, you know, the right thing to do. You know, people take drugs, just kill them. Over 2,400 deaths. I've read in some reports here. Now, the latest from Duterte is... He's threatened to quit the U.N. because they got censured by the U.N. The U.N. said, bad Philippines. Oh, you bad, bad boys killing people. Oh, that's bad, bad country. So he threatened to quit the U.N. over that. (laughs) Okay. And now his latest plan, latest plan is to make drug testing a requirement for all incoming college students. Starting next year, students who test positive must go through rehabilitation before being admitted into a university. Drug testing for college is also, of course, drug testing for employment as well. He's all for that. His uh, executive director of the Commission of Higher Education said... um, This would help make campuses drug-free and hold students accountable for continuing their studies without using substances. Hmm. So um, Duterte told Citizens Wednesday, if you have friends or family, tell them, don't get into drugs, you will be killed. End quote. If you have friends or family, tell them, don't get into drugs, you will be killed. It's just um, incredible. The Human Rights Watch has called on the U.S. and European Union to, quote, make it clear to Duterte that inciting such violence is unacceptable and will reap potentially severe diplomatic and economic costs. Otherwise, it's hard to envision when these killings will end. This is uh, this is the, the drug war nightmare taken to its extreme. And it's not, I mean, I've heard sentiments like that here in the United States from some sorts of people. We ought to just kill them. Kill all them drug users and damn druggies. Kill them. It's, uh, it's frightening. And, and more than one commentator has noted how Duterte is kind of the Philippine Trump. As far as he speaks off the cuff, he's offensive, not politically correct. 
etc. This is not to suggest that Donald Trump is calling for the killing of large number of people. You know, only Hillary Clinton with a Second Amendment, right? But um, <laughs> it's scary because the, the the similarities are that this Duterte guy came from the came out of nowhere and was considered kind of a laughable candidate and ended up winning. <laughs> ended up winning. Now they got a kind of a parliamentary system there, so you only had to get you know a plurality sort of vote. But he's the, he's the guy now. It's just uh, it's just terrible. <laughs> I've been following this uh, this Philippine story, and they've, they've we've got to you know put sanctions on the Philippines. We've just got to uh, sanction them. We've got to uh, I don't know what you do, but this can't be allowed to continue. This isn't. I mean, this isn't a Singapore situation or a, a Saudi Arabia situation or something like that where. At least there's the appearance of some sort of judicial proceeding before we go and kill someone over drugs, right? I mean, we could be offended every day at, you know, uh, Malaysia or Singapore having the death penalty for drug traffickers. But at least internationally, under international law, there's, you know, the acceptance that, hey, this is their country, this is their this is their judicial procedure. We can't interfere in that. We're not talking about that in the Philippines. We are talking about the president telling people on television that if you go out and kill drug dealers, kill druggies, we're not going to prosecute you. This is the president saying that if there's world court or international tribunals on war crimes violations that he will fight them then he will he, he he will not have the police be taken off their jobs for the killings i mean this is just ramp up this is the purge people this is the purge is going on in the philippines right now except it's every day for drug users over 60,000 people have turned themselves into authorities in the Philippines drug users drug addicts some drug traffickers because they felt safer in the Philippine prison than out on the streets where there's vigilante gangs and cops that can just kill them with impunity that's just unfathomable I it's just Hard to wrap your mind around that. And and I know I haven't been to the Philippines, but I know a lot of people who have. And they they would be shocked at this. It's just uh it's a frightening international story, and we'll keep all keep our eye on it for you. Let you know as we get more updates. I I don't know how much political capital is going to be gathered internationally to try to do something about this situation but I sure hope we do something soon alright stay tuned we'll be back to wrap up the show right after this
This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. You know, during Dance with the Stars, I started feeling discomfort. Yeah. And not only that, I was doing these old man smells. And yeah. it was kind of embarrassing because, you know, the, all the Dancing with the Stars crew, cast and crew, you know, they were all young kids. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, this old guy would come along and do one of those silent farts, you know, that you don't know you're doing it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you smell, and everybody go, what the hell smells? And, you know, and you know it was me. And, and so I'd scurry off to the bathroom, you know. And that's when I knew that there was something wrong. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, think that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Bootcamp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your business boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your business needs Cannabis Finance Bootcamp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootcamp.com. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. And as we wrap things up today, I, I, I was informed that Stoner Jesus is in the mornings now on all the weeks, uh, all the days of the week, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So he won't be on after me anymore. So there's that. Uh, also, Ohio's medical marijuana law goes into effect tomorrow. And... Uh, Scare quotes around the word medical marijuana because it's really one of those. I, I like to call them medical THC CBD states, medical cannabinoid states, right? Because you can only get the non-smokable, you know, the tincture, all that kind of stuff. The super restrictive Ohio medical marijuana law. So it goes into effect tomorrow. But there's not going to be any medicine for patients tomorrow. There's not going to be any medicine for patients this year. Or, or next year. They're talking about two years out. <laughs> two years now 
before there'll be any access in Ohio. And I just, it just bums me out to think that there was a chance last year. (laughs) And I know people hated that issue three and they hated the investor thing. I know they hated it. There's going to be patients who will, that'll be three more years, three years total between when issue three could have passed before they're going to see anything and they're not going to get anything close to what they would have got with issue three where they would have been able to grow their own cannabis plants and use whole plant cannabis and smoke it if they want to and have over a thousand places to shop for it. But at least Nick Lachey isn't getting rich, right? At least we didn't give a market capture to a group of landowners. Lord knows that there's nothing like that in American history, right? Just breaks my heart. And I, I know I'm in the minority in this, in the, in the marijuana activism world. But that's because, to me, this was never about anybody getting rich. Right? It's never been my concern. My concern is people not going to jail. Sick people being able to get some relief. That, that's always been my concern. And, and I think there's just too much of a, I don't know, it, so much of this marijuana, what is called the cannabis community, the marijuana movement, whatever you want to call it. I think it's disproportionately uh, shaped by those who made the money off of it, by the dealers and the growers that, that created this outlaw community, community of ours that fueled it. Because so many of the consumers weren't actually a part of it. You know, some of us, some of us, some of us were the, you know, wake and bake, you know, dedicated pothead types. But a lot of us were just, you know, the guy that works a regular job that gets a, you know, an eighth or a quarter every month or so, just so he can relax on the weekend or go fishing or something. That guy's not in the cannabis community. That guy's not a stoner, right? And so I think we still have this disproportionate, you know, that this this feeling that somehow legalization was supposed to make was supposed to keep us as rich as we were by growing weed that you could sell for $300 an ounce. It's just now we're going to take all the risk out of it for everybody. So you get the the risk inflated price and profit without the risk. Kind of sounds like Wall Street. Damn. I just had an epiphany. <laughs> Folks, that's all the time we got for today. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with more news and views you can use for the cannabis community, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> for everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Bellville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com.